Welcome to the Natural Super Kids Podcast, where you will discover practical strategies to inspire you to boost the health and nutrition of your kids. I'm Jessica Donovan, a qualified naturopath specializing in kids' health, and I want to make it as easy as possible for you to raise healthy and happy kids. Let's get into it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Natural Super Kids podcast. Lovely to have you here with me today. Jessica Donovan here and I have a special guest with me today who I am about to introduce you to. Today's episode, we are diving into a specific topic, congenital heart disease in children. Um, And I love delving into these more specific topics uh, from time to time to really empower parents perhaps with um, with kids with these chronic types of issues that there's not a lot of information about. So Lisa is my guest today, Lisa Moan, who is a fellow naturopath and a nutritionist. She works in the Illawarra area of New South Wales uh, and she sees clients both in person and virtually. So Lisa reached out to me after hearing our episode on epilepsy with Sonia Reynolds, um, telling me how she enjoyed the episode and how she loved that we were talking about some of these more specific topics and also told me about her story with her daughter who has congenital heart disease. So I invited her onto the podcast and I'm really glad I did because we had a great conversation. So Lisa is, as I said, a nutritionist and a naturopath who predominantly works with children's and families. Her focus is always on getting to the root cause of disease and embracing symptoms as vital clues in the journey, which is what we do so well as naturopaths. Her training as an engineer and food scientist makes her a natural problem solver uh, and, and helps her to put all the pieces of the health puzzle together and find a workable solution. And when it comes to this particular topic of congenital heart disease in children, uh, she's got a personal story as well, which we dive into. And, you know, when it comes to something quite serious and chronic like congenital heart disease, and we talk about this in the episode, you know, it's not about an either or approach when it comes to medicine or naturopathy. And in my opinion, it never really is. It's about a complementary approach and how naturopathy and nutrition and herbal medicine and flower essences and and other modalities can really help to support uh, kids with congenital heart disease and strengthen not just their cardiovascular system and their heart, but the other areas of, of their body as well. And we do talk a bit in this episode about some of those, that the flow on effects and the other um, health conditions and concerns that these kids can have. So I'm really thrilled to introduce you to Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Jessica. It's great to have you here. We were just talking about Lisa, Lisa's accent. She's <laughs> Irish, if anyone's uh, wondering. <laughs> but we'll we'll talk more, um, or you can tell us a little bit more about yourself. So I would love for you to, yeah, tell us a bit more about yourself and your journey with congenital heart disease uh, in your daughter. Yeah. So yes, I'm Irish, but I've actually been in Australia for twenty years. 
I just, I've held on to my accent because my <laughs> husband's also Irish. Um, but I'm a naturopath and a nutritionist now. Um, but prior to that, I was a food scientist. So I actually worked as a food scientist for like 15 years. So um, about 10 years, well, it's 11 years ago now, really. Um, we already had one three-year-old daughter who was like super healthy. So we went in with our second pregnancy to have our 19-week scan. Um, and we were just like, woohoo, we get to see the baby. We didn't think, oh gosh, maybe something's wrong. Like we weren't finding out the gender. So it was just, it was just a bit of fun on a Friday afternoon, really. Mm-hmm. But we went for the scan and the lady was like, ooh, no, I can't, I can't see everything in the heart that I'm meant to be able to see. Um, so she said, basically, there's, you know, there's something wrong with the heart. Can you come back on Monday? I was like, oh. wow. <laughs> so that weekend, I literally spent the weekend pretty much in bed, just like, what on earth are we going to find out on Monday? Because unless, unless you have a child with congenital heart disease, you really don't know anything about it. So, you know, I'd heard of people having holes in their heart, but that was about it. Um, so we got through the weekend and on Monday we went in for a scan at, you know, a bigger, sort of more specialized place. And they were absolutely awesome because they diagnosed my daughter's heart condition 100% accurately when I was 19 weeks gestation. And when you think what size the heart is then, like it's, it's mind blowing. So we were told that she had, and this is a mouthful, she had double outlet right ventricle with transposition, a coarctation of her aorta, a large BSD, which is a hole and pulmonary stenosis. Wow. Yeah, so. What overwhelming information to receive. Yeah. <laughs> and for somebody who didn't know anything about the anatomy of the heart or anything at that time, it was like, wow. Um, and all that, all those different defects added up to there being a strong likelihood that there was a, a chromosomal issue with the baby. So we had to have an amniocentesis like on the spot. Um, but luckily that all came back good. So we had to transfer our delivery to Westmead Hospital in Sydney because it's right beside the children's hospital. Right. So we went in there had to be induced to have the baby you know during nine to five hours so everybody could be there and she got whisked straight off to the NICU after she was born um and the next morning so when she was 16 hours old she had her first operation wow so I managed to get a brief cuddle with her in between but yeah 16 hours old she went in and she had her coarctation repaired because basically what that means is your aorta comes out of your heart and goes up and then goes down to your lower limbs. And she had a little pinch point in that. So basically the blood couldn't flow to her lower limbs. So they had to go and operate and cut out the little section. And, stitch and that together. obviously needed to be done, to be done immediately. immediately. Yeah, yeah, or else I don't know what would have happened. And then when she was seven days old, she had her first open heart surgery. So they went in and they completely basically replumbed her heart so they cut the pipes from where they were joined and joined them into different places and patched up her hole and so a, com- a major major replumbing of her heart basically um but that went well 
you know, all things considered, it went well. So we got home when she was about three weeks old. And at three months old, the coartation had come back. So we had to get that fixed. And she had to have another open heart surgery at three months. So that's all 10 years ago now. And she was meant to need more open heart surgery when she was about two or three. And she hasn't needed it yet. So we still see the cardiologist every nine months. She goes for, you know, um, ECGs, echocardiograms, stress tests, lots of different things during the year. But touch wood, she's really, really good right now. Oh, what amazing news. And I hear often, um, you know, with kids with congenital heart, heart disease or defects that they do go through multiple sort of surgeries um, and it can be sort of an ongoing process. So is that because there's so much that needs to be done, they can only do bits at a time? Or is it more because things can go backwards over time or can it be a bit of both? Yeah, it depends. So there's lots and lots of different types of congenital heart disease. There's one um, where you have to have a three-stage operation to basically turn your heart from a two-ventricle heart to a one-ventricle heart. And so that's done in stages. Um, With my daughter, the reason she's going to need operations all through her life is because when she was three months old, they put a little pipe from her right ventricle to her lungs, basically. And the little pipe was the size for a three-month-old baby, but now she's 10. So that pipe's not really sufficient anymore, so it will need to be replaced. Right. They took out her pulmonary valve when she was a baby because it was just rubbish. So she'll need a pulmonary valve at some point and her tricuspid valve leaks. So so she just needs kind of upgrades as we go along. Wow. And I can just imagine emotion. Well, I can't really even imagine emotionally what that would have been like. I'm just picturing a brand new baby like on the surgery table. How did you cope with that as a as a mum? What got you through that? When um, when I was pregnant, we went to see a psychologist at the children's the Heart Centre for Children at Westmead, and we only went once. And me and my husband just went in. We'd never been to psychologists before. We didn't really know how it worked. We went in. We just cried for about an hour. She just watched us. <laughs> we left, and we felt so much better. I was like, "Wow, what 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 just happened?" Um, so we just really took it in our stride, to be honest. And, you know, everything went to plan. There was no major, you know, she didn't have a stroke. She didn't, like, everything went to plan. So we just, and we had an older daughter as well. So we kind of had to be um, present for her. So we just, we just plotted along, really. I can imagine you just would have had to take it, take it day by day. Wow. Okay. So congenital heart disease in children. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So. About one in every 100 kids will actually be born with some sort of heart issue. Um, but only about half of those will need anything done about it because lots of people have little minor holes and stuff, but they just close as they grow. So about half the kids, um, so about one in 200, will need surgery. Um, so that means that I think 3,000 kids a year in Australia are born with some sort of heart issue. Um, and then the ones that need intervention, I mean, some of them will just need their like a hole in the heart patched up and then some will need the complete, you know, changing of the heart to be a one ventricle heart. Um, so it's more prevalent. But the thing is that as adults, we don't know that many people who were born with congenital heart disease. 
But the reason is because they didn't survive. They were generate like in our day, those babies, there was no, the technology wasn't advanced to diagnose or to operate. So, you know, there will be, there are the occasional people out there, but not as many as there are for young kids. Yeah, so a perfect example of, you know, how advances in modern medicine are, yeah, sa- saving lives, of course. Um, okay, and so you've, were you a naturopath before all of this with your daughter? You've since become a naturopath. Yeah, so I um, I left my job as a food scientist um, after my third child, and he's seven, so it, yeah, so roughly six years ago since I've been a nutritionist. Okay, yeah, and so I'd love to sort of dive in because that there'd be there's a lot of medical intervention as we've talked about for these kids with with congenital heart disease but what can we do naturopathically to support children um with these issues yeah um it's just it's so so important you know everything that you do for like a heart healthy child you need to do that on steroids effectively for a heart kid and because I've always expected um, like my daughter to need an operation, I've really, her whole life has been prehab. <laughs> so, you know, dietary, all, um, all kids with heart condition should eat basically a Mediterranean style diet. So, you know, lots of fruits, vegetables, minimally processed foods, all those sorts of things so that whenever they do need to go for an operation, they're the correct weight. They're not deficient in things. And they're emotionally regulated as well, which, you know, is so important. Um, And then from a lifestyle point of view, a lot of people um, are afraid to let their child exercise. But unless your cardiologist has said that you cannot do, you know, contact sports because you're on blood thinners or you cannot do such whatever, you really need to let your child guide you because they... They know how to regulate their exertion. They won't push themselves too hard if it feels bad for them. Um, so that's kind of the diet and the lifestyle things, which are you know obviously the foundation of any naturopathic treatment plan. Um, but then there's other more specific heart things to do. So you know herbs that support general heart health, like hawthorn, um, fish oil, um, coenzyme Q10 for some kids. And then whenever babies have operations or kids have heart operations, they usually have to go on a diuretic for a while yeah. to keep the fluid off them, to start them, stop them retaining fluid, which unfortunately then depletes nutrients. So if your child's on a diuretic for a longer term, then you need to think about you know, calcium and magnesium and all the different sorts of things that have been depleted by that. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of the main things. But the list, you know, the list goes on really because there's emotional regulation issues, there's anxiety, there's all those sorts of things that you have to consider as well. Of course, and you know, as, as the naturopathic philosophy goes, it's you know looking at that person as a whole as opposed to, um, you know, just just sort of symptomatic relief. But I love that. I think it empowers parents because 
it feels for some people it might feel like oh this is too serious a condition to kind of go down the natural route uh and it, it's a it's complementary like let's just let you know this is this isn't going to um be the sort of thing that you can no. um you, you know yeah. do, do naturopathic in as an alternative to uh, modern medicine but i just think it's empowering for people for mums uh, parents to know that uh, there are things that that we can do naturopathically and diet wise and with certain nutrients and herbs. Um, and it really is about strengthening the heart and the cardiovascular system, isn't it? And as you said, um, you know, helping to reduce some of those side effects or nutrient depletions that can happen with certain medications as well. So I think that's really empowering. Um, so Another thing that I, you know, that I that I've come to understand is that kids with congenital heart defects have a higher risk of other health issues. Um, can you tell us a bit more about this? Yeah, and this is um, this is, I guess, what you don't get told um, in you know in cardiology appointments is that children with congenital heart disease are five times more likely to have autism, and they're two times more likely to have ADHD, and um, that really needs to be discussed, you know, a lot more in the early days, so that then you can be proactive in managing that. Um, and just neurodevelopmental things in general, so speech delay, um, gross motor delay, you know, all those sorts of things. Feeding as well can be a big issue with babies um, with congenital heart disease. So those are there's a, a big bucket of neurodevelopmental issues, and then. There's depression and anxiety. So for adults who do have congenital heart disease, a third of them have anxiety compared to 8% of the general population. Wow. And with depression, it's about double as well. And for post-traumatic stress disorder, it's like three or four times more for people with congenital heart disease. So there, it's a huge area of mental health that needs to be discussed. I mean, if you actually delve into the literature, it's all there. There's people doing research on this like all over the world, but it's not being discussed in regular cardiology appointments, unfortunately. Um, and then there's other physical comorbidities as well. You know, obesity, because um, people are worried that their child shouldn't be exercising, so they, they gain weight and have liver issues, kidney issues. Like there's a lot of physical comorbidities as well. Yeah. And like you said, just, you know, being aware of that and, and starting a discussion. And I think when you're, you know, when you're, when you're under the care of specialists like cardiologists, you know, they're just focused in, like really laser focused on that one part of the body. And that's where naturopathy and having a, a, like the support of a naturopath like yourself, who has that personal experience as well, one, you know, you're, you've got that empathy, you know what it's like. Um, and, and two, it's that, overall health approach to these kids as opposed to just focusing on their cardiovascular system. So important. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I know from from um, conversations that we've had that your daughter has had some food intolerance issues and um, a little bit of behavioral stuff as well. So how have you personally addressed those issues? And do you think they're um, related to her, her heart disease? Um. I mean, I do. I, I do think a lot of her issues stem from that early life trauma. Um, 
Because, you know, we all know that the best thing for babies is to be born, to go, you know, straight on to kangaroo care, be breastfed from the very get-go. And she missed out on all of that. Like for three weeks, she was just in a sterile box while I kind of waved from the side. Um, So I do, and because I've got two other kids as well, like I can see the vast differences. Um, But when she was about three, she was having these things called reflex anoxic seizures, where you basically get a fright and you pass out and you go blue. And she had them for about 18 months, like quite frequently. And night terrors as well. So screaming in the middle of the night and sleepwalking. So we went to a naturopath for the first time then, like as in she went for the first time. And just talking to the naturopath made me realize that she'd had 10 general anesthetics in the first three months of her life. Mm. So, you know, her, her little liver had to cope with all of that so we did some really gentle like liver detoxification gave her some flower remedies which are just you know awesome for kids anyway and that stopped the seizures and the night terrors and the sleepwalking which was incredible and then but she was still I'd say had emotional regulation issues um and when she was six we, she got diagnosed with pyroluria, which is basically where your copper gets too high compared to your zinc. And it can lead to you know, depression, anxiety, ADHD, all those sorts of things. So she was treated for that. Um, and that's about four years ago. And that was just massive. That really flicked her switch to be a lot more calm and control. Um, she was always hilarious, and she still is, <laughs> but you now she's hilarious and a bit more calm. Um, <laughs> but she, she still couldn't fall asleep. And she was a great sleeper as a baby, but when she was about two, the sleep just went down the toilet, and she still just couldn't fall asleep. So we did an organic acid test, which showed that she wasn't making melatonin. And there's a lot of research to say that, you know, high stress, especially like you know, neonatal stress can affect your neurotransmitter production. So she just wasn't making the melatonin, so she couldn't fall asleep. So we started her on tryptophan um, then as well as, I mean, she still, she still has to get tryptophan every night to get to sleep. She has a heavy blanket. She meditates at bedtime. Like we have to do all of that and do lots and lots of exercise for her to actually fall asleep. Um, so that was all the kind of the behavioral stuff. And then she had, she was just to, just for the icing on the cake, she was also anaphylactic to dairy and eggs. Ah. <laughs> and she went into anaphylaxis when she was about two at daycare because they accidentally fed her egg. <gasps> oh, <laughs> awesome. Um, so we, we did the GAPS diet when she was about five. So, you know, just soup, meat, veg, soup, meat, veg. um, that's the gaps diet (laughs) summarized and I mean I'm not I I don't know she could have just grown out of it but certainly by the time she was six she was able to eat eggs again and now she eats eggs every day so I've done so many different tests and she's taken so many different things but it's all been very um targeted and worthwhile and now she's down to she takes her, her supplement at bedtime for sleep. She still takes zinc and a flower essence and then like anti-anxiety herbs as well at bedtime. But 
the great thing is because she started taking herbs when she was so young, she just takes them. This is not weird for her. She's been taking herbs every day of her life for like the last seven years. So it's just like, yeah, take my herbs at bedtime. Yeah, it's just normal for her. But I think this this really helps um, like, you know, um, illustrate uh, other ways that naturopathy can help as well. You know, it's all of the the other um, things that stem from this issue. Uh, yeah, that that can be worked on with nutrition and, like you said, flower remedies and diet. Uh, so that's great. It sounds like you've got her in a really good place where it's sort of just just maintaining. Um, yeah, th- those good th- those good habits now. Yeah, yeah. No, she's awesome. I really, I can't believe how well this has gone really because whenever she was diagnosed I thought oh my god for the rest of my life I'm going to be worried about this like every single day this is just going to weigh on me but I'm not she just you know she plays soccer she has fun she's she never gets sick so yeah I'm really happy (laughs) it sounds like you've done an amazing job and she's really thriving um so you know for any any parents out there that are challenged with any sort of heart defect in their children and they might be you know really in that uh scary stage like you said you know you you once thought that you'd be worried about this every day um any words of reassurance that you would give any parents listening I think, I mean, in Australia, we are so, so lucky to have the pediatric cardiology care that we have. I mean, Westmead and Sydney and like there's other hospitals in other um, states, but the care you get is amazing. You couldn't be in a better place. And you just need to, um, you know, consider the big picture and make sure you're looking after your child on an emotional level, looking after yourself on an emotional level and, you know, treat them normally as much as possible. And I think, you know, their future is just as bright as anybody else's. I mean, my, yeah, she talks about, you know, her kids and like, she's going to be a vet when she grows up. So their, their future is just as bright as any other child's. Yeah, I think that's really hopeful. And I love that you brought up, make sure you take care of your own well-being as a parent, because there's, you know, it's a lot of stress and trauma that you're you're going through, going through something like this. Um, oh, it's been so lovely to have a chat with you and, and dive into this particular subject that I'm sure will help uh, parents out there. So tell us a little bit more about uh, where we can find you and, and what you offer. So my business is called Holistic Health by Lisa Moe, and I'm based in the Illawarra, so about an hour south of Sydney, but I see people online all over Australia. Um, and I'm a naturopath and a nutritionist, and I've, I focus on kids. I do treat adults as well, but my passion is really for treating kids. Yeah, beautiful. And we'll make sure that we link to um, your website uh, on this podcast episode. And just going back to the pyroloria that you were talking about earlier, I've got a blog post on that that I'll link in this podcast episode if anyone wants to read a bit more about that because it's a fairly, like you you summarized it really well. But um, yeah, if people want to sort of dive into what that is, I'll make sure I link to that as well. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much, Jessica. It's been awesome. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Head on over to our website, 
naturalsuperkids.com for the show notes for this episode, as well as a whole heap of inspiration to help you raise healthy and happy kids. I'll see you next week.